0: all right hello and welcome everyone to another chat and learn here with power to fly my name is mariella and as always i'm excited to roll into this next hour with you all um we have a friend of mine a co-worker of mine a phenomenal woman who is here to share her journey her story with you all and my hope is that by the end of this call you all you know take this call very seriously and go out to protect yourself and to you know learn more discover more talk with the women in your family and in your community so that we can spread the word um specifically as relates to this topic. But before we jump into that conversation, I want to go into some housekeeping rules so that everyone feels comfortable and confident throughout this next hour. Um, so I've muted everyone upon entry, but that's just to avoid everyone having background noise. So feel free to come off of mute whenever you feel called to do so. If you want to share your story, if you have some questions, um, and I know that we're talking about uh, some sensitive information here. So if, if folks want to be kept anonymous, feel free to find me in the chat box under Mary and write to me anonymously. And I will flag that to our guest speaker. Um, if you do come off of mute you will be featured in our live recording Um, and I invite everyone to stay present with us so that we can keep this uh, an engaging conversation and then you can re-watch this uh, video on Power to Fly and then you can take notes there. Um, The last thing that I'll say is that we would love for you to follow us on socials and and YouTube as well so you can keep up with all the great chats we have lined up. And without further ado I'm going to pass the mic to Gina. Gina, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what you do at Power to Fly uh, and anything you want to start us with so that we can roll into this next hour. Um, with these great questions that folks have submitted offline.
1: Thank you, Mariella. Hi everyone, my name is Gina Rinfola, and I am the operations manager here at Power to Fly. I was born and raised in New York. I have three teenage children, 18, 16 and 14 and I am married for 21 years. I'm an athlete, I love everything about sports. I'm a runner, an avid exerciser, a Peloton freak and I love watching my children play in their various activities Um, before i came to power to fly i worked for 10 years in manhattan at abc television as a marketing executive
0: all right so you all have submitted some great questions offline uh, and I hope that we can you know, really stay engaged in this conversation, stay present. Gina is here to share her story, which first of all, Gina, thank you so much for, for being vulnerable, um, for being transparent and for sharing this part of your journey with us. Um, and so with that said, we're gonna roll into this next hour with the questions you have submitted offline. We're gonna take them one by one, starting with this question here. So Gina, can you tell us more about your
1: story? Absolutely. So like many of you, I was living my life going about my business, working every day, taking care of my children and my family and taking for granted that I was healthy and happy and everything was going textbook. And in 2018, I was due for a mammogram um, in July and I went about a week, I think, or a few days after my one year anniversary. So I was just about on time. And I have no family history, my parents are both close to 80, no cancer. I'm in great, you know, decent shape for my age. I'm an exerciser, a juice. Um, so I wasn't too concerned. So I went for my, my exam and uh, I, I get a mammogram and a sonogram together because I have dense breast tissue, which many women have heard of. I'm sure many of you on the chat have heard of that. So my mammogram was negative doctor said, everything looks good, but we, uh, we're concerned about something that we see on your left breast. And it looks cystic to us, but we're gonna follow up with a few more images. So I wasn't too worried. So uh, I said, okay, I've been cystic. I knew about that. Um, I had mammals and sonos every year and I wasn't concerned. I was reassured uh, by many doctors that it probably wasn't gonna result in anything. And I went back for my second set of images. And while looking for something on the left, they incidentally found something suspicious on the right. So the doctor said, look, you know, the left appears to be a cyst, the right we're not so sure, but let's take a look further and and get some more diagnostic imaging and, and some stereotactic biopsies done. So I had both sides biopsied, again, not worried. I went in checking off all the no's. Do you drink? No. Do you smoke? No. Do you have any family history? No. You know, drug use, uh, you birth control pills. I mean, from the fertility medication, I had not one risk factor. Um, so the doctors kept saying, it's likely going to be nothing. You don't have any risk factors. You're young, you're in good shape. And the dreaded phone call came in August of 2018 that What they saw on the right side, incidentally, was in fact invasive ductal carcinoma, which is a form of very common breast cancer. And so if
0: if you wouldn't mind, can you take us back to that moment and what were you thinking? Because as you were saying, you know, you're checking off all the no's. So a lot of women take this for granted. Uh, and I often hear you reminding us, you know, check yourself, check yourself. So you've become this, this voice. Even if I don't see you, Gina, I have you in my mind when I go to my doctor because I have, you know, you're kind of like that good angel on my shoulder um, reminding me. So I would love for you to bring us back to that moment if, if you feel called to do so and just what, what were you feeling when you got that call, even though you felt like you had prepared, you know, um, by, by not uh, indulging in any of these risk factors? Um, take us back there.
1: It's just surreal. You know, you, you, you always hear of other people having tragedies, uh, whether it's health, financial, relationships, emotional, mental, everybody has their thing, right? So when I got the call, it just I wasn't home, um, and it literally brought me to my knees. And you know I couldn't catch my breath, and, and I had my my children home from school. It was August, and uh, and I, I I couldn't go home because I just didn't know how to say. I didn't know what stage I was. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if it spread. I knew nothing except that there was cancer growing in my breast. So it, it, it's, it's, it's tough because no one is immune from tragedy and, and when you get that dreaded phone call, whether it be, like I said, your health, your relationship, it just definitely, it, it humbles you in many, many ways. And, and that's day one of, that's, that's when my journey started, right? That phone call was day one of my journey. And, and then I,
0: I know we have more questions coming up, but I'd like to hold on uh, for one second here with this moment of you realizing and, and finding the resilience within yourself to move forward. Um, when you decided to tell your family, I know you said you couldn't go back home in that moment. You had to, to ground yourself and understand all of what that meant. Mm-hmm. Um, what about when you did start to, to share with your family and your kids in particular uh, in, your, in your community, um, just in, oh. in case so some folks might be going through those situations, do you have any, um, I guess, any advice on how to navigate those waters when they, if they first get the call um, and how to share that and get it out of yourself so that you can not keep it all inside?
1: Of course, yes, that's definitely, you know an important part of coping and recovering so you know i i called my husband and i i told him over the phone and i said I, I can't come home right now because i have to collect myself and he was completely understanding reached out immediately to my my best friends and and my siblings and um i w- i went to their their house my 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 sister met me at our friend's house and um made some phone calls uh, Catherine Zaleski, was, is, who is the CEO of Power to Fly, was an integral part of my, my medical care. I reached out to, uh, to them immediately, and she, her and Melena were a tremendous support for me. Um, Catherine knew a really fantastic breast surgeon. So you just start to put your feel, you go into like survival mode. And I made those phone calls. Uh, my husband met me at my friend's house and came home. And I decided this was my personal approach that I wanted to tell my kids right away because life is life, life is messy. And you know you have to make your mess your message. And, and I didn't want my kids to find out through social media. You never know, you tell a friend or a child overhears you speaking, they say something on Snapchat or Instagram. So as soon as I got home, I, I sat them all down I said, guys, listen. And, and I, I had a, a, a flurry of emotions. I, I cried and they saw all of that. And I said, I'm going to tell you some tough news. I said, I, you know, mommy was just diagnosed with, with breast cancer. I said, um, I don't want you to feel you can ask me any questions. I said, but don't ask why me. Don't feel sorry for me and don't be angry because all of us are gonna be brought to our knees one day. We don't know when that day is gonna come. I said, so, but you can ask me anything else. You're gonna be okay, mom. What's it gonna be like? And, and basically, you know, they, they took it like champs, honestly. Um, they, they understood, um, I think they realize how common this is. So it wasn't, you know, when I was a kid, if you heard cancer, it was like that, you whispered it. And we were kind of shielded from it. Now it's an everyday word, especially with young people and especially breast cancer. And I'm certainly not one of the first, not the first mom in our circle to go through this. And I, and I connected them with children of friends of mine who also went through a similar journey. So you, know, you, you just, you kinda, there's no textbook way to handle this, but I just feel like you just follow the path that's put in front of you and you make your decisions as they, they come along. I love
0: that you're able to um, highlight the importance of community in this case. It was your family and then your friendship, your friend network uh, and your community around you, your neighbors and people who had been through uh, a similar situation. Um, And I hope that, you know, there are some antennas going up. Because the power of community, especially in these moments, is key, right? To, to have a support system to help share ideas and contacts and, and love. And, you know, how do we go through tragedy? It's, it's one of the biggest questions that you know philosophers are still debating over to today. You know, what is it? What is the thing that anchors us? And, and I'm just happy that you were able to have that support system around you. One of the things that's shocking to me, uh, just to tie in some of the things that you were saying about how when you were growing up, you know, cancer was this thing that was whispered around and now it's, it's uh, happening more often. Why, why is it more common? what, what in your experience, why, what have you discovered? Because that makes me angry. Why is it more common? And why do women in this case have to, you know, go through this transition of thinking they're safe because they're doing all the, you know, right things, quote unquote, but then, you know, maybe one day it could happen because it is so common. Why, why is it common?
1: So, you know, a a lot of people ask me that question, you know, do you think if you didn't live in New York, would you have gotten it? Do you think that if you, you know, I mean, I can't even think of anything I had, any risky type of, you know, behavior, smoking and drinking or anything that would put me, so other than the food I eat and the environment I live in, um, I honestly don't believe that that has anything to do with it because, Breast cancer is one in eight women. It's not one in eight women in Staten Island, New York. It's not one in eight women in Virginia. It's one in eight women in the world. Are there areas where maybe there are clusters of more people? Of course, You know, New York is very densely populated. You're going to get more people in New York maybe than other states, right? Maybe there's more women in certain neighborhoods or boroughs and more uh, genetic factors that come into play. But um, if I could say that So here are my my theories. Number one, I believe that early detection is what's making it more prevalent now. So maybe years ago for a young woman like myself got diagnosed with breast cancer, they didn't find it until it was later staged and untreatable, okay? So we're going for mammograms. And by the way, recommended age is 40. I say 35. Um, We're going for mammograms at a younger age. I think my mom had her first mammogram. I'm in my 40s, so anybody that's in my age group probably has parents that are around my parents' age. If you ask your moms, if you have them still, if you're lucky to have them, how old they were when they went for their first mammogram, I think my mom was probably 50, 55. So early detection plays a part in that, the prevalence of it. And, and, um, I, you know, I'm a faithful person. So for me, I, I kind of tend to, rather than blame food and environment, think that God's will is his will. Whatever you believe in, I believe that whatever's meant to happen is going to happen. And we somehow have to figure out how to muster through. Uh, Yes. I mean, there's
0: so much to say about all of, all of the things that you've just spoken about. Um, Nicole here writes, I love that. Make your mess, your message. And also another thing, The 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 old adage uh, when when life gives you lemons make lemonade and it certainly sounds like you've been able to do that. Um, How can one remain positive and encouraged uh, in in a time of of such uncertainty? um, If you know looking forward, let's say you know when we reach forty five or thirty five, as you mentioned, um, is the is the better age to get a mammogram. Um, Mm -hmm. How can we uh, find our grounding? so that you know, we're able to take whatever, whatever lemons the world gives us, essentially.
1: So speaking from my personal experience, I'm a, um, and I'm sure many of you can relate, I'm a type A personality. And when type A people get unexpected news, they usually don't deal very well with it, right? Would you agree? <laughs> because life is supposed to be that straight line, right? And um, so for me, you know, I I had to back up and I had to really think about who I am as a person and how I'm going to cope. Do I want this to define me? And, and, you know, you have two ways of looking at things and, and it's at the time, it was the worst thing that could ever happen to me. But two years later, there are blessings that came out of it. So to keep, yourself calm and collected and in control, whether it's breast cancer or any kind of unexpected tragic news that you receive, um, you have to go to what comforts you. And for me, first and foremost was my faith. Um, And and because if you could lose everything in your life but no one could ever take away your faith, that's that's for me. And secondly is I, I have a very strong family unit I'm extremely close to my siblings. I have a lot of friends. I have an amazing husband. So you just lean on the ones that you know you can lean on. You speak to the people that lift you up, uh, support groups. Um, and just, you know, I, where my oncology treatment was at Sloan Kettering here in New York City. I'm sure you've all heard of it, even those that are not in the United States, it's a world known cancer center. Um, I tapped into resources there as well. They have social workers who are used to dealing with young women who have children. So I probably exhausted every single um, opportunity that I had as far as recovering, staying mentally healthy. Um, I, 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 in, in, I drown myself in my work. I didn't miss a day's work through any of my treatments and that was my therapy, that was my way of coping because you have an option to lay in bed all day or get up and fake it till you make it. Start logging in, start communicating with people and just keep going. So and did, you, did
0: you find in those moments, Gina, the way that you decided to handle by, you know giving your full, continuing to give your full self at work. Did you find that you were able to, um, I guess, release some of the pressure off of yourself through that versus like you said, laying in
1: bed? I, I, I did for me it was very therapeutic, it gave me purpose. You know, It's different, my kids are, are like mini adults now. So it's not like I'm changing diapers and, and I, you know, I have two that, one that drives, one that almost drives and they're kind of getting independent. So, and they, they have their own lives and they're doing their own thing. So um, for me, work was an outlet and it was, uh, like I said, gave me purpose, it gave me reason, um, they need me. You know, and I knew when I had to take my breaks and and my bosses were aware of that and they were incredibly supportive. But that was my way of saying the normalcy of everyday life continues. So that's how I dealt with it. Thank
0: you for sharing that Gina. Let's move on to the next question here. And again, if any of our live callers want to chime in, if they have any questions or want to share, you know, a part of their journey, uh, please, please let us know. So how did you manage your anxiety between waiting periods?
1: So that's the hardest part, right? You get a biopsy, you're waiting four or five days for results. You go for surgery, you're waiting for pathology from surgery. You're waiting to see your doctors going for opinions and I just, I tried to keep busy. I tried as hard as it was that I, some days I just didn't wanna do anything. Every single day I got up, I put makeup on, I got dressed and I, and I carried out my daily responsibilities which were taking care of my family, returning every text and phone call that I received. Every time my doorbell rang, I have a lot of friends in my community. My neighbors were very close. And we, I live in a type of area where we go up the block and have a cup of coffee with one another on, without notice. So my, my doorbell rang a lot and I answered every call, even on the days that I didn't want to, because I feel like you have to embrace that part of your journey. And I think in, for me, so, so there are two ways of dealing with tragedy. Some people just want to be on their own and there's no right or wrong way. They just want to They want to cope in their own time. They want to deal with it on their own. For me, I wanted a community of support. Even my colleagues at Power to Fly were amazing. Um, So I wanted to lean on everyone. I felt like it was too heavy of a burden to carry by myself. And every time I had a visitor or a Slack message from someone at work, it was like they were sharing that burden with me. Are you okay? How do you feel? How are you doing today? When's your next treatment? You know, because I did go for chemo. So um, it was definitely, you know, therapeutic for me to have that um, community of support, which not everybody embraces, but for me, that was my way of dealing. So let's say Gina, that someone um, doesn't
0: have that strong community that you have, but they also don't want to go through it alone could you recommend some ways to navigate the waters uh, of, of, you know, the anxiety between waiting periods or, you know, having been confirmed uh, or diagnosed with having breast cancer for the person that doesn't have a strong community around them? Um, what sorts of outlets or what sorts of ways can they manage their anxiety?
1: Well, definitely exercise, meditation, yoga, uh, eating well and and support groups. If a person is comfortable doing that every place in the world has breast cancer support groups You could start on the, I believe the Susan Coleman site. I I didn't utilize that resource, but because I had plenty of support, but um, I know for sure that there are groups all over the world with women who are going through the same thing. So, um, but whatever makes you feel where you need to be for some people, it's going for a walk, hanging out with their pet, making a phone call to a loved one, whatever works for you. Absolutely, and I just bring that up because I know that,
0: especially now during COVID, you know, we're having to redefine what community is, and a lot of things are happening virtually, and you know, a lot of things are in the air just in general. So um, I'm I'm specifically speaking to folks who who might be you know in this awareness now, coming with coming to terms with something like this right now during COVID.
1: Um, and, and I love I that your the treatment centers have resources as well wherever you're getting treated there's a ton of breast cancer resources at at probably every hospital Mm -hmm. as someone, whether it be a social worker or a support group at the hospital, there's always someone around to lean on. And plus anybody on this chat has me. Yes, yes. And Gina, um, just,
0: this is a great, actually a great moment to say, uh, how can we reach out to you for those who might not have a, a strong support group and might wanna pick your brain a little more after this chat? Do you have a preferred way of connecting?
1: Um, actually, yeah, my email would probably be the best way. Gina at powertofly.com. Should I put it in the chat? Um, we can, we, uh, Nicole, can you drop that in the chat? And
0: yes, perfect. She's going to do that in a minute. Gina at PowerToFly. Okay, great. Um, I have a, actually a private message here. Um, what is a common myth that people have about breast cancer?
1: So I would say the biggest myth about breast cancer is that you're safe because you don't have any history. If you're a woman, you're in jeopardy. That's all I could say. I don't care how well you eat. I don't care how often you run. I don't care whether you have history or not. I, I had every odd in my favor. So even my age. And I breastfed all three of my children for one year. Breastfeeding your child not only did I do it once, I did it three times, should reduce your risk. Each time you breastfeed a child, reduces your risk by X amount. And, and, I, and, I, and I had that on my side. Taking birth control pills, and we're all women here and I'm comfortable saying that, right? It's real, it's a risk. It increases your risk. I didn't have that as a risk. So it's just pretty incredible that um, people think that because they don't have any risk factors that this is never going to happen to them. Thank you
0: for demystifying that. Uh, if, if, so I just will repeat and echo what Gina is saying. If you are a woman, you are at risk. It doesn't matter if you have a clean slate in your opinion. Um, so thank you for, for reminding us of that Gina. Let's move on to this next question here. Is there something particular that we should look out for? Are there other symptoms that may be a sign of breast cancer that may go unnoticed?
1: So I had no symptoms. I was running, I was exercising and I was living my life the way I always do. I did, I did give myself self exams. I was taught by my GYN how to do that. But there's really no way other than giving yourself a self-exam, unless you feel a lump, to tell whether or not cancer is forming or growing in your breast. And, and can I keep it real here, since we're all women, I don't wanna make anybody uncomfortable. But this is: Please keep it real, yes, this yes. Someone one day, my tumor was right behind my nipple. And I can guarantee you that most women on this chat, when they give a self-exam, do not feel in that spot. Because I know I didn't. I would go around the skin area, right? So your breast is the circle, right? You have the areola, right? And then you have the nipple, which is the bump, right? My tumor was directly behind that bump. So when they pointed it out to me, I was angry at myself How did I not check there? But I never knew because no one ever told me that. Then when I spoke to other women at the hospitals and friends of mine and people I connected with, oh, that's where mine was too. Oh, that's where mine was too. Oh, that's where mine was too. Well, I never knew to feel in that spot. So when you give yourself a self-exam, make sure you're feeling in that entire center area. Thank you for that, Gina. Um, Hannah sings your
0: praises here. What a strong, powerful message from a strong, powerful woman. You're an inspiration, Gina. I really admire your strength. Thanks for sharing your story and for being such an incredible example to all of us for strength and courage. And I, mm-hmm. I agree with Hannah there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a private message here. Uh, do you ever have an overwhelming fear that it will come back? And then what are the chances in this case that you can have a you know, reoccurring
1: uh, breast cancer diagnosis? So that's always the hardest question to address. Um, Yes, of course. I I live in fear every day. Um, As far as the chances, so local recurrence, probably less than 1% because I did a double mastectomy. Metastatic recurrence, which is when it travels somewhere else and it's incurable at that point. So I had stage one early breast cancer. My lymph nodes were negative. My prognosis is probably in the 90s for living a long and healthy life, but it it, it stays with me every day. I'm not going to lie. But the way you cope with something like that is that no one knows what they're going to get tomorrow, right? No one knows. So you just leave it in your rearview mirror. It's behind me. It's done. I did everything I could. I went to the best hospitals and the best care in New York City. And I was, I'm even taking hormone blockers now, which some women don't want to do. Um, that increases your survival rates as well. So I'm doing everything I can. So again, I give it to God because it's in his hands, not mine. Thank you
0: for sharing that, Gina. All right, let's move on to the next question here. Um, so what's your biggest piece of advice for other women? And I know that you're stressing that we you know, check ourselves, that we go early even for the mammograms, that we prepare ourselves in life in general for tragedy. Um, can you dive deeper into this uh, question here? What's the biggest piece of advice for other women?
1: So the biggest piece of advice I would say is don't take every day for granted and, and don't sweat the small stuff because Someday your life is not gonna be that straight line. You're gonna hit a fork in the road. So you have to be able to deal with it. And I, and, I, and I can say, because it's me, that I probably never thought that I'd be able to deal with that fork in the road because of my upbringing and uh, always very, uh, in, in, you know, around family and secure and comforted and protected. And, and all of a sudden you have like, you know, something's happening on the shoulder, which is, you know, a cancer diagnosis. And it's, uh, you know, human beings, I think are fixated on, on outcomes. We want to know, we want to know what's going to happen and, and how it's going to happen and when it's going to happen. And, and the truth is, if, if you can deal with adversity, I tell my kids, You will be so much better in life knowing that nothing is guaranteed, not even five minutes from now. So learn to deal with adversity. Don't take every day for granted. You put your feet on the ground, you're breathing. Today's going to be a good day. And that's how I live my life.
0: Thank you, Gina. And I I definitely agree with that statement. And unfortunately, for a lot of human beings, it takes a big Momentous uh, moment in life, like like uh, you know um, that that sparks tragedy for us to remember that. So I, I encourage everyone who's listening now to remember that before that moment has to happen, um, so that that does build resilience and and as you say that you can be able to deal with adversity. So thank you for that, Gina. Of course. All right. So let's move on to this next uh, question here. Is there anything in particular that you learned from this experience now? You've talked about a lot of things that you've learned.
1: Um, Can you dive in deeper on this question? So I've learned a lot. You know, I'm not not the same person I was before. And if you can believe this, I think I'm a better person than I was before. Um, I think I'm calmer. Uh, I think I'm more um, accepting. I think when you surrender yourself to something there's almost like a peace in the acceptance that comes with that that you just say this is this is above and and I, and I bring my faith in you know I'm Roman Catholic and everybody has their own faith and whatever your faith may be I always encourage everyone to go to that because if you believe in the higher power and that this is not in your control because really our health is not in our control to some extent yes right? You don't want to smoke 10 packs of cigarettes a day, right? You don't want to have risky behaviors with drinking a lot of alcohol or doing drugs. But I would you know, like to think that most of us do the right thing and you can still be hit with something. So I learned that you have to let go of things that you can't control. And I learned that, um, that blessings come out of tragedy. I made a tremendous amount of new friends as a result of this. I have carried my story, and I've I've used my story to carry other people on my back, right? I paid it forward to those that helped me. And um, you just learn about um, that life is just a journey, and we're just passing through, and, and we have to make the most of every day. So let's
0: take this one step uh, further. So this is, so you, you're talking about the lessons that you've learned. Um, I'm curious to know about your family and the community around you. Could you, I, I'm sure they've told you straight up or maybe they haven't, but have you seen um, them being able to learn things about their own lives or, you know, about their personal lives or even through you, learn more about you uh, based on your experience. So taking it into your community.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people, um, admired how I handled it. Um, you know, every day I put makeup on, I got dressed, I was on calls for work, going through chemo and I, I was fortunate. I didn't lose my hair during chemo just to be fully transparent. Um, so I was able to look and appear as normal as like, and I wanted to be normal. I wanted to put my earrings on and, and my makeup and, and get my hair blown out. And, and do the everyday things that we consider, you know, that we take for granted. And I think that a lot of people um, look to me as, you know, a pillar of strength, um, even though I didn't feel that way. And um, and I think that um, you know, if you can if you can teach one person, just one, how to handle, how to how to cope, how to adjust, then 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 you've done something right. Absolutely. And I hope that um, at least one person,
0: if not everyone on this call or who might be listening to this uh, chat later, um, will learn that lesson and um, and that we can, you know, uh, be more mindful that uh, we shouldn't take life for granted and that we um, should make sure that we're checking ourselves regularly. Um, I have another private question here. What was the worst response you dealt with um, maybe just to you know, lighten, lighten up the, the, the conversation a little bit, uh, but also how did you deal with that response if you were given, given a worse response?
1: So I actually laugh about this now, okay? So because my friends and I, who've had, I've had several friends that had breast cancer. You know, it's very, we all know someone that was affected by it, right? And you always get that one person that says, oh, you have breast cancer. I'm so sorry to hear that. You know, my friend had it too and she, she didn't make it. I'm like, what? <laughs> if you don't laugh, you cry, really, you, you know? And, and you just want to say, I'll never forget, I was in church actually on Sunday and, and my, my mom was with me who's, who's, you know, close to 80 years old. And, and the woman said it not only in front of me, but in front of my mom. And here I am trying to cope with the diagnosis. But, you know, several people had said that to me and I'm, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Who would say such a thing? you can't teach social etiquette, right? You just can't. So, and I'm sure most of you on this call clearly know that you don't share the story of the the person that caught it at stage three and had lymph node involvement. Everyone's story is different, right? So you just say, look, I know so many people that have gone through breast cancer and guess what? They're all doing great. And I could bet most of you who know people that went through it are doing well also.
2: Um Gina I wanted to jump off of you you really made me laugh out loud so hard because You know, during my pregnancy, I had had hyperemesis gravidarum, um, which is, you know, a pregnancy disease that affects like one to three percent of women that's characterized by excessive nausea, excessive vomiting. And like even during the course of my pregnancy, I lost like 30 plus pounds just from how sick I was. There were days I couldn't eat at all. Like I was in and out of the hospital. I was on um, IV fluids. I had like 24-7 medication. It was a horrible experience. And you know, at one point during the pregnancy, like being able to eat was really rare and keep it down was really rare. And at one point in the pregnancy, I had gotten to a point where I could eat like cold cut sandwiches, like turkey, cold. It had to be turkey with cheese, with yellow mustard on a hard roll. That was the only thing I could eat and I could drink Pepsi or Coke. I think it was Pepsi. And I will never forget the time that one of my friends was literally like, Yeah, I heard that eating processed food can cause you to have a miscarriage. And I was like, Not eating can also cause you to have a miscarriage. And being severely dehydrated can also cause you to have a miscarriage. And it brought me back to like, would you ever tell somebody who has cancer, like, Oh, I know a bunch of people have died. Like, no, you're, like, struggling with something so physical, so emotional. Mind-boggling. Like. It just, it's mind-boggling, you know? And then, you know,
1: a lot of people bring up the diet thing. I mean, I, my parents are, you know, I, I'm, I'm an Italian-American. You know, I'm second generation. And, and my parents, they eat white bread and, and cheese. And they have the real Italian diet, which maybe isn't the healthiest. But, and they're, they're, they're perfectly healthy. So, you know, you you can you can think of the extreme where you have someone that eats McDonald's three, four times a week and it lives to be 90, right? And someone like me who eats really healthy and does everything right and gets cancer at 45, you know, 45.
0: I love that you say you can't teach social etiquette. I think that we can all agree on that. And so how to navigate just ignorance um, and I guess someone just being a little too sobering. It's like, you know, that makes me upset that, that Nicole, that you had to face that, uh, from someone and, and that Gina someone at church with your mother next to you had, you you know, had to think, yeah, face just... that question. Hmm. Okay. So let's move on to this next question here. How has your life changed after surviving breast cancer?
1: Oh, I mean, I, I can reiterate same as I said before, you just, you, you find, you find the blessings in tragedy. You, you have to, because, um, I feel like out of when you when you go something through something really horrible, good always comes out of it. You may not see it at that moment, but two years out, I now see it. I see how it changed me. It changed my family. It changed my relationships with my family. Um and and I definitely think you have to find those blessings. I, I made a friend at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York, where I got my surgeon from Catherine, uh, by Catherine's recommendation. Her name is Michelle. She lives in New Jersey. We were going for our nuclear scans to check the lymph nodes the same day. She comes and sits next to myself and my husband, her and her husband, and I'm sitting there crying. I shed a lot of tears, a lot, I still do. And she sits next to me and she's crying and where are you from? New York, where are you from? New Jersey. What are you going for? I'm here for breast cancer. I'm, so am I. What's, who's your doctor? Dr. Port. So is mine. Um, exchange phone numbers. She is my biggest blessing that I cannot imagine my life without her. She knows my family. We go out to dinner. We, we've, it's not even about breast cancer anymore. She's truly one of the bestest, best Friends I could ever ask for and know so much about me. She's my, you know, the angels along the way that you meet. So that she's one of my blessings. That's, that's an example of, of how you change and what you take out of it on the other side. And, and those magical moments of not even expecting to meet someone
0: uh, and then they come into your life and then they are one of those angels on the road. I love that you that you said it that way. Um, I I have a a private question here that I'd like to bring up to you. Uh, Do you feel like you've become more protective of your family as a response to everything?
1: Um, More protective? Yes and no. I mean, I don't wanna be overbearing because I went through something tough that my kids should have to pay for that. They didn't ask for it, neither did I. So I kinda wanna keep things normal. Um, so I would say probably more leaning on the no side. I, I want to be normal. I want to be like, as if it didn't have I don't want to bury it and, and deny it. I just want to go back to the way things were. And for the most part, it is right. You still have to parent your children, still have to get up every day and go to work. And, and I don't want this to define me. I love that it's part of my fabric and I could share my story, but I don't want it to be who I am because Absolutely. I'm beyond that. Yes.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so let's move on to this next question here. Um, do you recommend any alternative medicine or wellness practices that might support both early detection and women who have been diagnosed with breast cancer? And I know you went through your specific path. Um, but do you have any any recommendations for this for this person who's asking the question here?
1: So for self-exams, check where I said to check because I think that's a lot a lot of women miss that area um, don't ever miss a mammogram. I don't care how busy you are. I don't care COVID or not. I also recommend a mammo and a sonogram. My mammogram was negative. Um, my sonogram picked it up. Um, so that's going to get you early detection. I recommend going at 35, not at 40. And if you have history going even earlier than 35, um, and I, the only thing that I could tell you that i would not indulge in too much that's a very big risk factor is alcohol i don't i'm not a drinker but my surgeon did tell me that um, women who do drink a lot of alcohol do have a higher risk than the average person um so you know keep your alcohol intake at a a reasonable amount and um and just you know exercise and, and do what you need to do and just live your life and don't be consumed by by God forbid you have to face that day because as long as you're getting your exams in a timely manner, God forbid, even if it happened to you, it would be early, likely early stage because you've been on time with your appointments. And uh, I know we
0: live off of our calendars these days. So, I mean, I encourage everyone who's listening now to mark your calendars, um, you know, with, with, with frequency so that you don't let time and productivity at work or in your community get the best of you and then you forget. So thank you, Gina, for reminding us of that. All right. So let's move on to this next question here. Can you speak more about financial support or preparation? I feel like the healthcare system in the U.S. doesn't have the best opportunities to support affordable preventative care, which means some people are left out.
1: It's a good question. And and that's something that um, I often think about how I don't, I never say lucky, I say blessed, how blessed I am to have fantastic healthcare that allowed me to go to a really, really great surgeon in New York City. And and I I believe my double mastectomy was upwards of $75,000 just for the surgeon. So um, if you don't have healthcare, mammograms are free. Um, I know in New York there are they have those um I don't know Marielle you lived in New York for a while if I remember correctly they have the um, they're like uh, they look like food trucks, they're vans actually, and they have the mobile mammograms um, and, and you can google free mammograms, I'm sure in every state they offer that. Um, a lot of the governors have made mandated that they're offered to every woman regardless of whether they have health care or not um, if you I, like I said, I'm blessed to have really good health care. If you don't have health care, I believe there are resources out there online that you can you know, look up um, to either apply and, and, get, and get plans or to, um, you can go on the Cancer Society site and there's places on there as well as far as um, where you can go that maybe they'll, they'll see you for lower costs or they'll help you get enrolled in maybe a, you know, a government funded plan. Um, But preventative care is first Um, and just because you don't have health care or maybe you can't afford it should not be an excuse to not get a mammogram because pretty sure you can get them free just about anywhere now. Okay. And I have
0: another private question here. This is a great question. How should I best support the women in my community, such as my mom, my aunt, daughter, grandmother, et cetera, if they get breast cancer?
1: Just tell them it's going to be okay because it will be okay. And as long as you stay on time with your appointments, um, like I said, being a woman, you're you know, automatically at risk. Your risk is I think 13% without any family history. That's pretty darn high, right? 13% is a staggering number. You know, I did read somewhere that it's now, I, I don't know if this is true, but I heard it on one of the new shows, the other, you know, this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month and there's a lot of stuff going on TV. Someone had said it's, it made, the, the statistics might be one in six which would be even crazier. Um, But you support the person as best as you can by saying the right things, no negativity, all encouragement. And the truth is most likely you will be okay. Breast cancer is no longer a death sentence. It is a very treatable cancer. There are an enormous amount of um, options. You know, there's hormone blockers, there's chemotherapy, there's surgical options. There are a ton of uh, medications. So anyone that gets it, they'll be, they'll be good.
0: Well, Gina, thank you so much for sharing your beautiful story, uh, and how you've been able to make lemonade out of lemons. Um, and also for using this platform to share your, your story and your voice and for encouraging us to be, um, mindful and responsible. Um, I would like to ask folks on the call if they have any, any more questions. Uh, we've got about 10 minutes left, so I wanna open the floor, to see if some folks have um, any more questions. You can write in the chat box uh, and I'll flag that to Gina or you can uh, come off of mute and ask with your own voice. So I'll, I'll hold for a light pause to see if someone wants to hop off of mute. All right. So, Gina, I'll, I'll, oh, great. I see someone's coming off of mute.
3: Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Uh, First of all, I wanted to to thank Gina. It's really very, very important to care about our health. And I wanted quickly to share my story. Uh, It's about some uh, gynecological issues, uh, because, like, uh, I had no symptoms. And it was just, like, usual checkup. But actually, uh, they found also some issues. Uh, First of all, it was um, a cyst and a polyp. And I was prescribed to do a surgery and also some hormonal treatments. And I'm also okay with it. But I totally uh, support the idea that we should constantly check. Because even doctors were a little bit surprised. Because they said, like, it's almost impossible in your case not to have any bleedings or like your cycle must be uh, different. And also pain, many people, many, like most of women with your diagnosis, uh, they uh, face some pain. And I said like nothing, because I'm really very careful about anything, which what happens with my body. But actually there was anything. So I was also shocked and surprised. And, yeah, so I encourage everyone yeah, to check everything you can check because it's really, it's vital. And thank you, Gina, one more time.
1: Oh, and thank you for sharing your story. It's um, Hopefully it helps someone who listens.
3: Yeah, I hope so too. And to all my friends, they also start, like, uh, saying something comforting me. But what I usually say is, like, Go and check yourself. This is the best what you can do for me <laughs> because it's unpredictable. I don't know. And also, I am very careful about my health, so I don't drink. I exercise. Like, I spend a lot of time outdoors. But still, <laughs> where did we get that? I don't know. That's right, <laughs> That's right. Yeah
0: thank you so much olga for sharing your voice and your story and for reminding us that it's important to um, spread the word and to encourage the the women around us to check themselves all the time um, gina yeah, and, and, uh-huh. yeah, and sorry, and i wanted ahead, to olga. Say
3: that I'm, sorry yeah i wanted just to say that it's nice and it's super super give them now, we can share, we can talk, we can uh, get informed, yeah, by these stories, and Excellent. now I'm going to check my breast, really, next door this month, because good. I don't know that, again, it's unpredictable, so thank you. Good, good, that makes
0: me happy to hear. Thank you so much, Olga, for coming on camera and, and coming off of mute to share that. Um, Gina, so we've got just a couple more minutes left, can you leave us with some food for thought? Um, you know, I know you're, 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 giving us these reminders and, and advising us to check ourselves often. Is there anything else we need to keep in mind? Um, give us some food for thought to help us stay encouraged and then let us know again how we can connect with you and, and we'll close this, this conversation.
1: So I always tell someone, don't worry until you have to worry. Um, I believe I saw one of the questions in the, on the platform. A woman said that this was timely for her because I think her exam was coming up or she had felt something. Don't panic because a lot of the times, even if you feel something, it's, it's innocuous, it's benign, and it usually winds up being nothing. So don't worry until you have to worry. There's a tremendous amount of support, including me, everyone on this call, and your friends, and your friends of friends, or anyone that you know, happy to share my contact, my phone number, anything you need. I'm here for any kind of support, whether it be emotional, uh, mental, physical, whatever it may be, any kind of advice. So, um, and live your life, don't worry. Thank you, Gina.
0: I love uh, how generous you are with your resources and with your knowledge and just sharing your story and having the courage to 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 voice your opinion and to come on camera and to encourage us to to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. Thank you so much, Gina. I hope that everyone, you know, after this call, sets time in their calendar to take everything that we've talked about very seriously. Um, and to also make sure you keep the door open, spread the word so that you can you know, encourage other women in your community to do the same. Um, Gina, thank you so much for this time. Time has flown by quickly. Thank you everyone for yeah, joining you us. Can put
1: my, my email address on, yeah. Uh, yeah, on any of the um, follow-ups. I'm happy to discuss with anyone privately as well. Okay.
0: Okay. Thank you so much. So you all will get a rewatch email and, and Nicole is actually putting this in the chat now, so it's Gina at powertofly.com. Um, and she will also send this in the rewatch email and until the next time, uh, Gina, I hope we can have you back because we need you to constantly be reminding us. I remember when you would, when I was full-time at power to fly and, and anytime I heard your voice, you're like, remember, get your checkup, you know, don't sleep on it and take care of yourself. So you have me, I hope- every,
1: you have me every October.
0: Okay, good, good, good. So we'll see you next October then for sure. Um, And everyone take care of yourselves. Thank you for joining us for this past hour and um, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you again, Gina.